Welcome to this Spiritual Fix episode six, season two, where today we're going to be talking about crystals, how they are solidified spells, and all the different types of psychic you can be. Stay tuned. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hello, Chris. Hey, Anna. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I'm I'm loving the series that we just did. You loved it. I, I wasn't the biggest fan. It was very cerebral and kind of like more the emotional, but in a way for anyone who just followed the primal wounds with us, it was good to have a, a break, a cerebral break. It was, it was. And for me, I like having things, especially the perfections, actually and the, and the imperfections. Like I've never really dug, I'm not Catholic, but I've never really like been able to jive with the whole like seven deadly sins. It seems so dramatic and kind of scary, even though I can like see it. I understand that gluttony and greed and envy and vengeance are all bad things, but, um, you know, and then to have the corresponding virtues that were all just like basically in opposition to the seven deadly sins. Like, I don't know, that was like my, before I got into Buddhism, that was like where I kind of latched onto like, these are the things you shouldn't do, or these are the, you know, the characteristics you shouldn't have and these are the characteristics you should have but I really liked the Buddhism ones because I felt like I just feel like they're more accessible maybe that's it yeah. nice yeah and I'm excited because after this episode today on crystals you are leading a series which will get us back into the raw emotional stuff on the <laughs> drama triangle on the drama triangle yeah it's been so interesting to go into this next bit I, I think what's fascinating about the drama triangle more than anything is how it interplays with the wounds. I almost feel like the wounds is like the pre shadow work, like the pre work in some ways, because like our wounds are always there, but they just choose to rear their heads in different ways. And the drama triangle is usually how they do that. And that's why I think it's just, it's such a nice compliment a shadow work compliment. Like, like if I see the wound as a piano, the drama triangle are the keys, <laughs> you know, that's it. it. That's a wonderful analogy. <laughs> there you go. I am about to cast a spell. Oh, really? That's other things that's happening. Yes. I have this, um, ritual kit and it's called road openers and I've done it once before, but it's really, really intense. It gives you this, it's these, these cute little kits and they come in these little glass jars and they're from the modern mystic shop, which is an Atlanta shop that's um, full of all things crystals, which we're going to be talking about today, as well as other pieces. And what it does is it basically gives you these really basic instructions. It gives you a stick of Palo Santo and it gives you um, black and a white candle. And then it gives you like a little piece of parchment paper that you can put your like symbol or talisman on. And then it gives you a essential oil. And so I did this before you write 
on the candles themselves. And then while you wait for your like etchings in the candles to go away, you just have to concentrate on the candles and watch them burn. And for someone like me who has ADHD, like I don't care how dedicated I am to like opening my roads, like having to stare at a candle for 90 minutes makes me want to pull my hair out. So I'm going to try it again and see if I can actually do it and just like use it as a meditation thing. <laughs> it's a meditation. See, it is a meditation. I like that. What essential oil was it? It is. It's actually a custom one that they make. It's called a road opener essential oh. oil. And I would say I'm smelling it right now. Ooh, it's got like, it smells a little, <laughs> as I think it's got some patchouli in it and it's got some like frankincense and myrrh in it. Total side note, I, I'm one of those people who falls for, for internet marketing very easily. And I bought an extremely outrageously expensive diffuser and it does nothing when it compares to what I did today, which is what I do every now and then, which is I fill up a crock pot with just some water, some lemon rinds and a few droplets, like the full dropper of lemongrass essential oil. The smell it makes, it fills the whole house with like this clean citrus smell. It smells, it's supposed to purify the air too. Like not, not metaphysically, like it's supposed to be an antibacterial. It is amazing. And then I look at my little diffuser in the corner that cost, I will not even mention what I spent on it. In <laughs> I will not admit it to anyone. And I'm like with a crock pot and some oil, I can make my house smell amazing. But enough of that. Let's, let's go into the crystals. I'm, I'm excited to learn more. Hi. Christina, co-host of This Spiritual Fix, has listening to our podcast stirred up something for you with the primal wounds? The good news is, is you have access, and that is the first step to transforming these wounds. We created support packages to help you through this process, and they're available on our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com. These packages were designed by Anna and I, combining techniques and hacks from our own experience working through our own wounds. Each packet contains a workbook and two meditations, one about forgiving those who have wounded you, including yourself, and one about reprogramming old beliefs. You can buy an individual support package or for those next level processors, all five packets, abandonment, injustice, rejection, betrayal, and humiliation. Available on our website in our shop. About about solidifying a spell. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about crystals. And I figure this is a great topic because it is a very entryway sort of experience into, into spirituality crystals are, right? It's it's a hallmark of the new age um, work in which people use crystals in all sorts of different ways, which we'll get into. But for healing and to help with meditation and for protection and for spell casting and all these different things. So a lot of people hold crystals as sacred to their practice. And I want to talk about what crystals have meant to me, but also give you guys some examples of how you can use crystals. What are some crystals that you can use for specific things, as well as some stories that I've heard, like successful stories that I've heard of what people have had when they've used crystals. Like it's a, it's kind of a nice uh, episode and one that we hope will, will speak to a lot of you out there who can relate to crystals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a, a crystal virgin, you could say. So mm. I'm going to be, I love that term. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of experience with crystals, so I'm I'm going to be taking on the role, a very honest role, of the inquisitive listener who has zero understanding or knowledge of crystals. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so starting out, I want to tell you guys 
how I first got into crystals and kind of what um, has been this really interesting kind of progression in my life of, of crystals, uh, which is why I even want to cover this at all. Um, so basically, my mother was super into the new age. And if you guys have been listening last season, um, most of you will know that my, my mother passed away when I was six. But I, my most vivid memories of my mother are her doing new age things with crystals. Uh, so I live in Atlanta and, uh, we used to go down to little five points back in the eighties and little five points back then was not what it is today. Um, we'll just say that, uh, it was a little bit rougher, um, but there was a store called Crystal Blue, which was a new age store, and it's actually still there today. And we used to go there all the time, and uh, there were just these bins full of crystals. And my mom would get all sorts of new ones, and she would get all sorts of incense. And I loved it so much going there. And it was like I was educating myself because we would just spend, I feel like we would spend like hours there in kid time. And I, I would just, I, even before, that was before I knew how to read. And I just absolutely love the experience of it. So that is how I first got introduced to crystals. But I want to talk to you guys about, in general, what crystals are. This is my interpretation of crystals. I've, um, in the research leading up to this episode, I've actually read a couple of books on it. And people have a lot of different opinions about what crystals are. I think that science is learning more about crystals as they are. So, But I'll give you guys a couple examples of how crystals are used in everyday life, how crystals are used in science and how the new age or the now age or spirituality looks at crystals. So if you grew up with a digital watch, like if you, do, if you had any of you had a digital watch and it had a little quartz timer, it said something about like powered by quartz or it had the, um, what was it? What was that? Casio watches yeah. had quartz crystals in them. Because quartz is one of those crystals that is ubiquitous. It's everywhere and quartz are actually these amazing time tellers, right? So basically if you put electricity into a quartz crystal, it'll start oscillating. So it'll start repeating, if you want to say, repeating back and forth in exact time for 60 seconds. So as long as it's the right size crystal, that's how you keep time. That's how digital watches keep time is they basically put power into a crystal and the crystal tells you how long 60 seconds is. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are starting to store information in crystals. Uh, my dad joked with me this morning. He's like, they've been doing that since the seventies when Superman, cause in the old Superman, um, he gets the information from his parents because it's stored in crystals. And I was like, that's sci-fi dad. And he's like, yeah, but sci-fi is, it's just people understanding the different possibilities of, of all the other things that can happen. But science is, uh, technology, different types of engineering are actually learning that you can store information in crystals and retrieve it again. And then in terms of what are their makeup, their physical makeup is that they are combinations of chemicals that exist in a lattice structure. So if you look into Chris sacred geometry, which is a episode that we'll be doing this season as well, they're basically like for instance, diamond, right? Diamond is made out of carbon, right? Carbon can also make up graphite. So whatever's in your pencil, it can also make up coal. It can also make up our bodies, but in our bodies, it's combined with other, with hydrogen and all these other elements. But, you know, the interesting thing about crystals is that a diamond is just a configuration of carbon, in which case you can turn coal into diamond. So under very high pressure, 
all those carbons align themselves in such a way to create a clear crystal, right? And so that's why they're so amazing because they're, they're basically these structures that are capable of, of holding all of these sacred geometry and all these different things, but they have a lot of, I'll use the word fractal, but I won't necessarily, I'll basically say there's a lot of information when you organize and structure the basic building blocks of life, which are the elements in such a way. And that's what you, that's where you, you get crystals. So if it's anything more complicated than a diamond, then you can get all sorts of other crystals, different colors, different, different opacity. So it can be solid colored and you can't see through it, or it could be translucent. So you can see all the way through it, or you have precious gemstones, semi-precious gemstones, you have petrified wood, you have all sorts of things that qualify as quote unquote crystal, just, just a whole slew of things that fall into this ubiquitous category of what we're talking about of crystals today. So, um, I'm going to get into the spiritual thing, but Anna, do you have any questions about all of that, about the physical properties? No, not at all. Uh, I mean, I'm just over here with my mouth agape, like, wow, I didn't realize that. (laughs) This is, this is the chemist in me coming out in case y'all didn't know that. Right. So the way that I like, so when you get into crystal lore, right? So when you're starting to get into the other properties of crystals beyond just, this is made up of carbon and rhodium and barium or whatever, it's probably not made up of any of those because some of those are radioactive. But um, what you start to realize is that if you pick up any crystal book that's in any kind of alternative bookstore, what you're going to find is that they're going to be like, Quartz, this is known to amplify this and this and this. This is known to do this. You're going to see amethyst. This is great for healing. This is also very good for making you feel safe. You're going to see black tourmaline, which is very good for protecting you from electromagnetic fields when you wear it. And it can get into this total world in which you're like, oh my God, all these crystals can do all these different things. And so what I, the way that I like to summarize crystals in a spiritual sense is that I believe that, that crystals are basically solidified spells, right? Uh-huh. So basically the earth has intentions, had intentions that basically there are, um, codes maybe. Yeah. They're codes. They're morphogenic fields, which are basically just like fields of information that sit in the world and you can kind of come across them and be like, Oh, now I know how to do this. So basically like imagine that there's a place in the earth that needs to cover courage. And there's a place in the earth that like, there's a little bubble in the earth that needs to cover healing. And then there's, there's another bubble in the earth that needs to, to cover grounding. And in those bubbles, these crystals form to suit that need to fill that need. And so they basically become solidified spells that help balance out the earth. I like that. And so when we take them out of the earth, we're able to to get that magic. To get that magic whenever well, they we They maybe kill put them. in the earth for a reason they should stay there, maybe? Well, you could say that about a lot of things, but at the same <laughs> time you could also say that we we are on this giant beautiful crystal rock and we can use the things that are available to us. Um I actually just read a book recently in which the earth itself was a, a father earth. It was a set, it was set in the future and father earth was continually angry at its children, which were human. It didn't really, it, it, it's one of its creations for yeah. always taking stuff out of it, always taking its life force away, which included crystals. So interesting you say that. Well, I just was curious if like maybe God or mother earth or whoever, put those crystals where they were because of some like perfect 
configurational balance of the universe yeah because we needed it there maybe yep. i don't know i'm just maybe. extrapolating i don't know maybe maybe also you know back in the day they used to pick metals and crystals off the ground there are too many people now to do that and so they go into the earth to find it yeah so it's kind of one of those things where you're like maybe they were on the ground because we were meant to pick them up and use them as magic maybe i don't know well, nothing can happen that shouldn't be happening. I mean, whatever's supposed to happen is happening. So we can assume yeah. it's all okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so as I see them, crystals are basically solidified magic. They're solidified spells and they need to be treated. And I'll get into the end of, of like the best way to take care of crystals, but they need to be treated with that level of respect, I think as well, that they are powerful and some of them you can kind of treat like you may pick it up and you'd be like, I don't feel anything when I do this. It's just a rock. But at the same time, the sensitivity and the receptivity to the, the magic that's within it is part of, um, is part of unlocking its magic, if you want to say that. So before I get into um, all the different things that crystals can do in particular, I want to talk about two kind of categories of um psychic or intuitive like powers basically is the way or effects on the world um this is going to actually dovetail really well into what Anna's going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks um because it's basically the way that I think of a lot of in the way that I try to describe the effect of magic on the world is that you can have basically two different cat, two different large categories. And then there are things inside of that. So the way that I think of it is that there is a receptive intuition and a projected intuition. Receptive intuition covers reading the way that the world is now, right? So a lot of the things that Anna will be talking about is receptive intuition, like being a medium, means that you can see dead people and you can sense dead people. So you're able to receive information for spirits that have already passed. Divining the future is basically a way of reading a book that already exists. So you're receiving information that exists in the world. So that's um, other examples of receptive intuition are um, dowsing. So asking questions of your body or the world around you or your higher support team, doing any sorts of diagnostics, any sorts of fortune telling, stuff like that are all examples of receiving information that exists in the world. Projected intuition is, is forcing your, is, is using a force of will on the world around you. So it's basically changing the world around you with your intention, right? So that includes spells, that includes healing, that includes the more advanced yogic practices, which is like telekinesis, um, levitation, stuff like that. And those are all forms of changing the world around you with your um, manifestation is a, is a great example of that as well. It's like you're basically asking the world for something or you're you know, casting would, a spell or doing things like that. Would you call that intuition? Wouldn't you just call that energy manipulation? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, you could say it's basically projected psychic phenomenon. Like it's, telekinesis or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all the things that are um, psi phenomenon is an is a easier way to say that. A psi I phenomenon. I see what you're saying. While you categorize it into intuition. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see. yeah. Um, so, so as we go, 
we're going to go over a couple of different categories of what crystals can do. So the first one is um, what I would qualify as a receptive intuition thing, which is that they can, that crystals basically help us, they enhance the psycho-spiritual world. That is a bunch of garbled language. So I'm going to simplify that to say they basically enhance the unseen world or the subtle world, right? Like people's auras are an example of the unseen world. Um, Any of the things that happen in feeling emotional energy coming from somebody being an empath. Those are all examples of you receiving and being receptive to the unseen world and crystals can help you with enhancing that. That includes one of the things that crystals are really, really useful for is dispelling blockages in the mind that may make it so that you can't sense something that's happening, that you're, it helps ground you. So if you're too much in your head and you're too much in the clouds, you can hold on to like a smoky quartz, for instance, and that smoky quartz will help ground you into the ground so that you're able to stay in your body and still have spiritual experiences. They will calm you down. Aragonite is a great example of something that will calm you and focus your mind. The crystals help significantly with concentrating the mind and with dispelling and calming stressed out parts of your body. So especially the emotional body, but also the mental body. So depending on what you're kind of aggravated in, in what particular area, you can pick up a crystal and that crystal will help you to calm your mental body. So if you're having a lot of anxiety, for instance, it can help to calm that. Or if you're having a lot of negativity and you're feeling a ton of negativity, you can pick up a, a crystal and it will help you with that. One of the ways that, that it also helps with this kind of unseen world is that it helps with meditation. A lot of people use crystals in their meditation. We've talked a lot about Vipassana meditation in the past season, and that is a form of meditation that is kind of what I like to say is like kind of the school of the hard knocks because it's like you're just using your breath. But there are a lot of different things that can help beginning meditators, and crystals is one of these huge categories that can help. I had no idea. Yeah. So people, sodalite is a great example. Sodalite is a, is a crystal that transforms the mundane experience of my to-do list into, um, into the spiritual during meditation. Sodalite. Yep. So if you're having trouble kind of getting out of your head and getting out of, this is what I have to do today when you're meditating, get a piece of sodalite. We talked in the divination episode in last, uh, last season about crystal balls and using crystal balls to, um, to divine the future. And that is made out of quartz. Those are made out of quartz. It's so interesting. You're doing that. We'll talk about that later. That was my dream. What? That I put quartz in my mouth? Was that we were, we need to put them in our mouths. Oh, weird. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm totally serious. Um, that's why it's so cool that you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so crystal balls are made out of quartz, and you could say that that basically, in a if you were in a dark fortune teller's tent and there's a a light or a candle, that light is refracting through this concave or sorry this convex ball, which is causing all these interesting lights to happen. But the actual mass of quartz itself is also amplifying the psychic experience, which is helping the person who's reading the crystal ball to see it. So you actually have a number of different actions happening to help. Um, someone who is psychic to use a crystal ball to divine your future. So the next category is talking about spells, 
forced will, force of will or manifestations. I think a lot of people in the now age now, so again, you can go back to last season and learn all about the now versus the new age, but kind of the now age is the evolution of the new age, as I say, is that manifestation is kind of like a version of spell of casting spells. Prayer. Prayer is a form of casting spells. Spells get a really bad rap and we have so much in our popular culture that denigrates and vilifies witches, which is so hard for me. Even my kids were playing a game the other day and it was all about killing the evil witch. And I literally was like, had a conniption. I was just like, oh my God, I don't want my kids to learn that witches are where bad. Did she, where did they learn that? Um, it was just in a game. Like it was just in, like they just happened to pick a game that happened to have that as the storyline. Oh, like a board game? No, it was a video game. It was like a video game on their on their pad, their tablets. Yeah. Anyway, so spells, prayers, manifestation practices. Basically, these are all what are called force of will, which is a projected intuition category. And this is a category that, for very very long time. Uh, people have used crystals to help with these processes. In fact, if you go to the uh, Modern Mystic store, which is a store in Atlanta and they're online as well, they will sell you spell kits and the spell kits will always have a candle. Um, they will always have some sort of diagram, some sort of sacred, sacred geometry piece of paper, and then they'll always have words and then they'll always have crystals. Right. So these four things that you need to basically cover any given spell, if you're actually doing a, a spell or even dabbling in spells, um, is that, you know, you're saying it, you're, you're creating, you're transforming it, which is the fire. Um, you've, you've written it down, right. Which is the, the diagram and you're using both the visual and the words, and then you're using the crystals to amplify it all and to really get that to happen. Um, so, you know, one of the things, one of the ways that we do this in particular, because you're using spells that have been created in the earth a million years ago to help you, which is quite cool. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, I talk about how, uh, how crystals are spells, solidified spells. And I am, I, I want to tell you guys a story. So when I was in India, Everywhere in India, every single town has like a specialty, right? Like you can go to the miniature painting town and you can go to, I think I've mentioned this before in the last season, you can go to the miniature painting town and you can go to the um, tapestry town and you can go to the pottery, the pottery cups town or the whatever, like every single town has a specialty. So when you go there, you can go to all the different vendors and they're basically all selling the same ware that's coming from their particular area. And... Um, when you go up to McLeod Gange, which is the town that's right next to Little Tibet, up um, up in the northern part of India, um, where the Dalai Lama lives now. McLeod what? McLeod Gange is okay. what it's called. Um, they specialize in stones and in crystals. And so this was back in 2010. I had been with my Kiwi boyfriend for five years at this point. And we had been traveling together in India for almost three months. We were there for three months and this, and we were about two weeks from the time that I was going to leave and go to Turkey by myself. I was taking Tibetan cooking classes in little Tibet. My boyfriend, he was 
at a crystal vendor. Like he was just, he was, he had been sitting there all day. He loved to sit and drink chai all day with these vendors and just like talk to them about their lives and see all the best, most exciting and exotic things that were in there. And even when other people came in, he would just sit there quietly and drink chai and listen. And it was um, very much his personality. And he was at this crystal store and I, re- I still have a lot of the crystals from the store. Actually, um, I can hang, I hung on to them, but he decided to pick up a piece of tectite. And for those of you who know crystals, y'all will probably know where this story is going, but tectite <laughs> is a, um, <laughs> tectite is a form of meteorite. Let's just say that. So basically, tectite forms from a glass of the impact of a meteor and the crater, basically. Uh, and there are five main places in the Earth where tectite gets formed. Moldavite, as you may have heard of if you um, are on Crystal Talk on TikTok at all, Moldavite is a form of tectite. Um, it's one of the subcategories of tectite. And both of these crystals... Tectite is more known for strength and things like that, but Moldavite is particularly well known for, I mean, the force of its spell in your life when you obtain this, this crystal is well known. You can go, if you go, I I dare any of y'all, if you're on TikTok to go look up Moldavite, like hashtag Moldavite and see all the people crying, like truly, because Moldavite is known for causing, it, it doesn't just point out the things in your life that are going wrong, it gets rid of them or that you're not supposed to have. So if you aren't supposed to be in your job anymore, you get fired. If you're not (laughs) supposed to live in your house anymore, burns down, burns down. (laughs) Like that's the kind of thing that Moldavite does and TikTok and Tektite does that in a very similar manner. So it's an accelerator. It's an accelerator and it's a mover. It, it, it moves things and it changes things and whether you're ready for it or not. So there are a lot more crystals that like, I don't know if you're like me, I'm a, I'm like a weird person who's like, yeah, let's get that. I want to see what I want. I'm, I'm ready to jump off cliffs. I'm a cliff diver, you know, when it comes to change or I used to be more so. Um, so I wanted to do anything that felt powerful. But when I came back to the store after, after my cooking class, and I saw that piece of tectite around my boyfriend's neck. I literally was repelled with every ounce of my being. I've never been so strong. I've never had such a strong reaction to a crystal in my entire life. I was literally like, I can't even touch that. Like I feel, so, I felt sick to my stomach. I just, I literally, I couldn't even go near it. I couldn't even go near him when he was, and he was just wearing it all the time because he just felt stronger when he was wearing it. And I was like, okay, well, this is a great example of a of stone finding an affinity for a particular person and then repelling everybody else. But I was just like, I want nothing to do with this, right? Did you guys break up soon after? Two weeks after. Two weeks after this happened, I was in Agra and I was about to move to Turkey and I was like, I'd been with him for five years and we had been through thick and thin and all sorts of different stuff. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I broke up with him. I mean, I tried to break up with him. It's kind of a complicated story, but for all intents and purposes, I broke up with him. I broke up with him at the Taj Mahal. Do you believe the Tektite was responsible? I was the catalyst. I think it was the catalyst. I 100% think it was the catalyst. And it wasn't until I started researching Tektite and hearing about Moldavite that I was like, I remembered this crystal and how like crazy it was for me. So, so it, 
that, you know, that story, you can draw whatever conclusion you want from it. But, um, you know, it's very interesting. Actually, it's funny because it is funny that I broke up with him in Agra because if anyone has ever seen pictures of or been to the Taj Mahal, the Taj Mahal is not at all impressive from far away. Like if you, I mean, yes, it's impressive, but compared to the entirety of the Taj Mahal is inlaid with lapis lazuli and, and like all sorts of semi-precious and precious stones. So when you go up to the Taj Mahal, it is the most intricately beautiful thing. And it, it is all over it. It is, it is, it is the most incredible thing you've ever seen, but you have to be like a foot away from it to be able to actually appreciate how much detail is in that. And the entire thing is a giant crystal, basically vortex. Vortex. Um, so, but I feel you know. like the Taj Mahal has bad juju. Well, no, well, that's the funny thing, right? Because the Taj Mahal is is known for being, uh, it's a mausoleum, it's right? It's a mausoleum, and apparently the man, the sultan, or the or the Raj, whoever, Maharaj, who like built it for his wife, when the architect finished, I think they like, he like gouged out the eye, had the eyes gouged out of the architect and had all the hands cut out of off the workers so that something this beautiful could never be like recreated. Right. But and then that is just so freaking morbid. Like that's not a temple of love. But then the weird thing is that there's also another site because there was supposed to be a second mausoleum for the guy oh, that was okay. supposed to be and just it was all black. It was supposed to be the black mausoleum. Yep. Yep. And so that, that is an example of, of, I just, I just imagine like piles of hands. Oh. severed hands and yeah. after that I just was like I don't know I, I mean yeah that's really I, intense I've seen it but when I was there I was just like the history of this it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth yeah but it's obviously a place of change because it was a place where I finally got out of I got out of a relationship that I was hesitant to get into in the first place it was an absolutely a part of my karmic experience and I'm grateful for it and I loved him for the years that I was there but like it was definitely whether it was the tektite or being within the the shadow of the of a massive crystal vortex, I I was moved to change. I was moved to change. Um, so other spells, um, other things that people use for spells sometimes is I'm just going to give an example of citrine. A lot of people have heard of citrine. It promotes abundance. So usually when anybody wants to cast a spell about money, they always have citrine in it. Okay. Right. So that's another example. All right, so the next category that we're going to talk about Wait, with crystals. The, fir- the first, just to refresh, the first one was to the, enhance your psychic powers. Yep, Anna. yep. Second one was... To cast spells. To cast spells. Yep. The third one is healing. Okay. And in fact, so the, the third version, which I'm actually reading, listening to an entire book about right now, is about crystal healing. Healing is another form of projected intuition because you are affecting the world around you. You are affecting an outcome in a person's life. Um, And that's why it's an example of projected intuition. There there are a lot of different ways that we heal in our body, right? Um, There's an example in the book that I was listening to of a woman who had a sore throat chronically for months and months and months. She went to an MD who specialized in alternative therapies. The MD put a um, I don't remember what crystals and it was a blue crystal on her throat and another one on her heart and basically held energy in her head. She started, the woman on the table started crying. She didn't stop crying for 10 hours 
like literally 10 hours, like something like that, like crazy. It was in the morning and she cried until she went to sleep. And in the morning she was a new person because it just unblinded. She had no pain in her throat at all. Right. Because the the physical pain was manifesting an emotional, psycho-emotional experience that she was having. And the crystals were able to unlock that for her. Um, A lot of the crystals that get used are um, for healing in particular. I mentioned smoky quartz before. Um, it helps dispel negativity and fear and confusion. Azurite will help you um, relinquish harmful beliefs and see your true purpose in life, right? So if that's the kind of healing that you need to do. Um, Amethyst often gets used for this. A lot of crystals with magnetic properties. So hematite is a great example. It acts just like a magnet, but anything that has even a remote magnetic um thing will often be used for healing because they're very good for emotional issues because the way I see it and the way that other people see it as well is that the emotional body is governed by your magnetic field, your mental body by your electric field. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so it, by utilizing crystals that have magnetic properties, you're able to affect the emotional body in a, in a particular way. The emotion code if any of you guys have read that, is entirely based on using magnets to release stuck emotions in your body. Um, that's just any magnet. It's not, that's not a crystal. That's necessarily a magnet. Uh, turquoise is known to regenerate damaged tissues, right? It's a great example of that. So I want to tell you guys um, a particular healing story, and this is one that's ongoing. But uh, So as I mentioned before, my mother passed away from cancer when I was six, and she was in the hospital for about six days. And I wasn't, I wasn't um, a party to any of this because I was so young at the time. But she was in the hospital for about six days. And she went into a coma for the last three days. And I think she may have woken up just before she passed away. But um, she was, my mother was into all of these different new age things. And when she was passing, all of her friends were surrounding her. Right. So all of her friends from she was an actress, so all of her friends from the theater and all of her friends, her best friend were all around her. And she had crystals on all of the main chakra points of her body. And she had a piece of kyanite in particular, which is pink that she had. It's a, it's a pretty it's relatively rare and it was a big piece of it. And um, it was something that my mom had saved up a lot of money to buy. And it was sitting on her heart when she passed away. And there were, there were crystals throughout the rest of it. And the fascinating thing about this was the first one that came back to me, people just started sending me these crystals out of the blue a couple of years ago. And the first one that came back was the kyanite that had been on her heart when she passed away. And then next somebody sent me, I don't know where they were on her body, but two, I got two more just in the mail like from her friends, they just started sending them back to me. And so I'm, I'm like, I wonder if eventually I'll get all, I don't know how many there were. Like I never heard that full story, but I think it was like there may have been six or seven on her body at the time when she passed away. And for some, and I almost think, think of them as like, as I heal all the things with my mom, then maybe all of them will eventually make their way back to me um, so that she can be a full person as she was when she passed and like be restored. So it's a, death is a, is a form of healing. A form of transition. So, yeah. Um, and then the last one is protection. 
And I want to talk about this one in particular because I have a funny story about it. Okay. We've done enhancing psychic, we've done casting spells, we've done healing, and now we're going to do protection. And I want to tell you guys first a couple of different crystals that you can use for protection. Calcite is one that gets used a lot by practitioners who are casting spells. Tourmaline is a great example of, especially black tourmaline I mentioned before, is really good for protecting from technology and uh, electromagnetic fields. Um, turquoise is also really good for protection. Onyx is very good for protection and for grounding. If you, excuse me, if you pick up any book, you're going to be able to see like really, really detailed things beyond just this is good for protection or good things. So I would recommend if this is interesting to you to get a crystal Bible and really go and look at the specifics for things. Um, anything by Judy Hall is a great example of that. But I want to tell you guys this story. So whenever I travel anywhere, being a medium and a psychic, it's often very difficult for me to go to sleep the first night because everything that is in the building, like every single entity that's in the building will want to say hi. And so I will normally have the craziest dreams that you can ever imagine, especially if it's an old place or if it's somebody else's house or there's a lot of emotional energy in the house. Like I will literally just like, it just, it, it tends to be very, very overwhelming for me. And I work for a company that's in Brighton, England, and Brighton is obviously a very old town in England. And there was a conference in town when I was going, I normally stayed at this one hotel that was relatively new and, and I knew it well enough that whenever I stayed there, I was like, I'm good. Like there's nothing that bad. But this time there was a conference in town, so I couldn't get a hotel in that room. So I had to stay in the old ship in also called by anyone who worked for my company, the old shit in because it was scary as fuck. Like it was literally, it was so haunted and anybody and, and a lot of the people in my company somehow are, um, psychic or are inclined that way. And everybody who stayed there was just like, there was so much creepy vibes. I had all these dreams when I was there. It was just like known to be this haunted place. So I get afraid. I'm like relatively afraid of flying because I've been in a fair amount of really scary plane situations and haven't and had in my dream of choice whenever massive change is going in my life is being in plane crashes. So I've literally probably been in a hundred plane a hundred different plane crashes at night um, throughout the course of my life, and I've been in a lot of planes that have been in scary situations. So with the combination of knowing I was going to a haunted hotel and being a psychic and the combination of having to take a cross, um, uh, cross Atlantic flight, transatlantic flight, I went and got a amulet to help me with this. This amulet was mostly made out of black onyx, but it also had a piece of, uh, I think it had a piece of aquamarine turquoise and tourmaline on it. And it was known for being a protection amulet. And, I cleansed it beforehand, which I'll tell you, I basically bathed it in moonlight. I put it in salt water. I bonded with it and I charged it before I went on this transatlantic flight. And I wore it the whole time on the transatlantic flight and in all the different traveling that I had to get down to Brighton. And I actually wore it to bed, which I normally don't do. And the first night I slept like a baby. It was the most amazing thing. The next night, I think I thought maybe I would be okay or I forgot, or something happened, and I did not wear this amulet, and I didn't put up any of my other um, defenses or anything like that, like I would normally put up in a, in a haunted place, and oh my God, 
the dreams that I had about this place were insane. And it got to the point where I basically recognized that I basically recognized that there was a need to, that this, this hotel, this particular hotel, like the dreams that came to me were basically all the benevolent ghosts in the entire place were coming to me and basically telling me, um, that there was a slender man for lack of a better word. Um, it's the best example I can give very tall, skinny, very tall top hat, um, kind of demonic entity that was living in this, in this hotel. It was living right outside the, uh, elevator, right on any given floor. And it was like a very, it had a very Stanley hotel sort of shining aspect to this hotel, right? Um, lots of dead ends, lots of corners and lots of like repeated crazy carpet that is like really old. And so basically what ended up happening was that a cu- on the nights that I really needed sleep, I would put the tourmaline on, I would put the, um, I would put my amulet on and I would be able to sleep like a baby. But once they got into me, I kind of recognized that, that I needed to do whatever I needed to do to clear the place. And so, um, it was very interesting because it has, the solution had to do with the crystal. The problem was, is that this particular entity had been in this hotel for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and all of the spirits around it, it was, it basically had created a vortex around itself. Right. So like all of the spirits that I, whenever I'm in Brighton, I always open a portal to let spirits travel through because to me that is, it's just my duty as being able to do that and, and being able to have that ability. Um, but all, most of them were stuck in this place, right? Most of, most of the spirits were stuck around this kind of vortex of this really demonic, scary creature. And what I noticed was first I tried to take him out, right? Like not take him out as in like violently, but I tried to basically, call on all of my guides and all the things that are necessary to pull it out. But what I ne- I recognized was that I couldn't just pull them out without disturbing a massive shift in balance that had come to be settled in all the years of having this demonic entity there. So I had to replace him with a giant black onyx. So what I did was that I had a, like, I basically created a black crystal that exists now in the etheric which is like the imagination or the higher realms, like the overlay that happens on the physical world. I had to put up a black onyx to basically replace the demonic entity that was in that hotel. And after that, I was able to sleep without the amulet. (laughs) That's a crazy story, right? Have you ever told you that story? And is thinking, oh my God, our first time listeners are going to be like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know how this, <laughs> just kidding. Anna's, Anna's our, um, Anna's always checking me. She's a projector and she's always checking me for the fact that people are like, gonna not like stuff. <laughs> well, no, I just think it's confusing to maybe to people that you used a crystal to heal the ghost, but you didn't use a real crystal, you used an etheric crystal. <laughs> Well, it's just a spell, right? That's the whole thing. I mean, it's a great question because like, but that's the thing, it it is just a spell in the sense that um, like if I know Onyx, like if I know that particular crystal and I have a physical version of it, there's no reason that if I call upon all the people, I can't create another version because like I can't really very well put a physical crystal in the middle of the lobby of a hotel, right? So I had to do it in the only way I could. Sometimes you just have to improvise those things in weird ways. 
And we're to it. <laughs> so much for uh, gently putting you guys into the weirdness of our of our seasons here. But this is what we're all about here at The Spiritual Fix, is being honest with who we are and the experiences yeah, that we have. Yeah, I do like it. It reminds me of the story when my husband and his circle of friends, one of them had a heart condition. And the main like leader of their friendship said that in, that she was cursed. And in order to lift the curse, he had to get three arch, archbishops to remove it to remove the curse, something like this, something very difficult to do. Like he needed three, like whatever the criteria was, was super hard. And everyone was brainstorming on this group thread, like how they were going to do it. I remember just being like, let's just all get together and imagine it happening and it'll work. And I was like shot down by him. I remember thinking, no, like if the curse exists on the etheric, why can't we create three archbishops on the etheric to no, remove it? It's totally valid. It's thought, a totally I valid. It was valid. Yeah. No, I think it's totally valid. Um, I think it's a matter of whether or not the people who have to have the curse lifted for them believe it. Right. Well, in the end, she's alive and well many years later because they did whatever it was that he said they needed to do, and her heart is fine, to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's the case, actually. We're, we're definitely not going to cover, like, exorcisms today, but there is a lot of theater sometimes with this stuff, and that has a lot to do with people needing to believe that they're seeing something change. Yeah. Yeah. So last thing, what do you do when you get a crystal? How do you take care of a crystal? What are the best types of crystals? First, we're going to talk about quality. It's always better to get a natural stone that hasn't been modified by irradiation or heat or dyed. They can be really pretty, but you kind of don't know what they're going to do. Like it's the spell has been modified. We'll just think of it that way. The spell that exists within the crystal has been modified to a certain extent. So you don't know if it's going to do, it's unpredictable as to what it could end up doing. It could do something that you don't expect it to. The same with man-made ones. I mean, think about the earth creating a, a crystal from a spell and then think about a man in a factory pushing a button. What the hell spell is in that crystal? Right. Like, that's what I want to know. Um, I'm really glad that there aren't things like blood diamonds. I'm really glad I don't want blood diamonds to be around. And I think that if people are going to use diamonds in particular for engagement rings, then let's not pull them out of the earth. I am, you know, and if they're in areas where conflict, um, like if they're conflict diamonds or anything like that, there should absolutely be no preference to that. But obviously pr practitioners, there are plenty of diamonds that are from places in which you can not have to get conflict diamonds um, or conflict anything or you don't have to exploit workers or you don't have to do all these other things in order to get crystals that are naturally derived um, what you do when you get a crystal the first thing you need to do is cleanse it other than things like selenite selenite is water soluble so do not put it in water um, selenite is a very common one though that people use as an amplifier but what you need to do is you need to cleanse it so you can physically cleanse it with um, soap and water, even if you want to, um, or, and then basically cleansing it and purifying it are very sim similar in which you will, I usually once a year, I put all of my crystals into a salt water bath and I leave it out in the moonlight under the full moon. And what that does is it charges the, it, it both cleanses them, purifies them and charges them with whatever is necessary. The last thing you need to do is you need to bond with it. And the way that you bond with it is that you basically, um, you can meditate on it with it in your hands and like really like 
kind of try and form a relationship and recognize all its different facets and all its different colors. And the other thing you can do is the dream that I had the other night, which Anna naturally did, which is to actually put the crystal into your mouth. And what that does... And and just for our listeners, while she's talking... Before this episode started, she gave me a crystal as a gift. And while she's been talking, I've been putting it in my mouth without knowing your dream. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Validation. Validation. Isn't that amazing? And what that does is that bonds it, charges it, does different things like that. The other thing that you can cleanse them with is a thing called Arshan which Robbie, our shaman, who you will see if you haven't heard us talk about it before because you're new to season two, uh, then you will. And you'll definitely, if you hear, go back to season one. But Arshan is basically a collection of a number of different herbs and crystals that gets buried in the ground for an entire year. Crystals, herbs. Is There's there cr- herbs. There are crystals in it too. Oh, we put crystals yeah, in we it? put crystals in it. Yep. So uh, you bury the crystals, you bury the, and the crystals basically become amplifiers for the Arshan because they've been sitting in the, they've been sitting in it the, was vo- I think it was a vodka. It was vodka as a tincture. It's basically a vodka water tincture that you put herbs and crystals in and then you bury it in the ground for a year. And when it comes out, it's totally capable of rejuvenating and feeding all of your tools, including your crystals, but not the ones that are right. water soluble. Put a spray bottle and purify your house. It's, it's stronger than sage is my understanding. Yeah, exactly. To do a- um, so that's a really fun thing to do because then you get to find the jar after a year, which Anna and I did last September. <laughs> we were trying to find these two jars that we had dug up a year before and we found them. We found them, we found them eventually. But yeah, so any last questions you have, Anna? No. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix. Please write us a review on iTunes or rate us. It helps people find us. Have a great day. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell you all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer... One girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.